Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 107 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. And since yesterday, we dealt with the sin of unbelief. Today, we're going to step in with prayers of petition as we ask God for some pretty bold things that will break the glass ceiling that has limited the power of the kingdom from pouring out on this generation. And in doing so, we are going to see how God in his word has instructed all of us to be able to cause the heavens to open up over our situations, our families, our territories, our nations, and the lands of our inheritance. God has made a way and he's going to show it to us today. When we look at the different kinds of prayers, we may look at intercession and we may look at prayers of authority and we may look at prayers of thanksgiving and and then we look at prayers of petition and we may think that they have the least power. They seem to be the least drawing to us. But today I want to show you that they are the most neglected tool in the arsenal of the soldier of God. And it's one of the main reasons that we're not seeing the power of the kingdom being released like it ought be. The Bible says, worry about nothing. Don't even be anxious for it. But in everything, but in everything, through prayer and supplication to make our petitions known before God with thanksgiving. Therefore, every prayer that we pray should be brought to him coupled with prayers of petition, which are asking prayers. It's when we ask him to step into the situation. Now, before we get into this and we look at what he says through scripture so that we can build our confidence and faith for what we're about to release, because we're going to ask God for some pretty bold things and he's going to release the grace to achieve it in our lifetime. We are going to see it. He is going to open the heavens over this nation in ways that have not been seen for many generations. But in order for those prayers to even be heard, we have to address a few issues first. First of all, we understand that our prayers will not be heard by him if we are living in willful sin. So therefore, we must first repent. We have got to get a hold of this, that before he will release grace, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, we first have to release faith. We have to believe that he is God and we've got to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus' name literally means he will save his people from their sins. Therefore, in order to truly believe in the name of Jesus, then we have to believe that he is able to save us from our sins. We've got to, by faith, repent of them and believe that his grace, the power of his Holy Spirit, is able to equip us to walk free from those sins, temptations, and lusts if we ask him for it. 
The Bible also says that sometimes we ask for things that we do not get because we ask with the wrong motive. We ask with the wrong heart. We ask with selfish intention. So we're going to have to have a little soul check about this. The Bible says very clearly also that we must pray in accordance with God's will because we can't invoke him to do our will, but we have to get into alignment and submission to his will. We've got to be willing to do what even Jesus did and pray that prayer, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I am surrendered and submitted to it. And for that, we've got to be willing to seek him. That's why the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And those that come to him must believe that he is God, that he can do all of these things and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We've got to be willing to humble ourselves and seek him to find out what his will is so that we can pray in alignment, in agreement, in accordance with it. And also we have to have faith in it and we have to maintain that faith, staying fully persuaded. John chapter 9 verse 31 says this, For we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. So in this we understand, I'm just giving you some confirmation throughout scripture of these things that will render your prayers useless. Because we've got to get these things right so that we can all pray in agreement today. To break through this glass ceiling that has limited the power of the kingdom from coming through in this generation. We've got to deal with these issues because we are going to ask for him to release the greater things. Because the world needs to believe in him again. And they need to see a demonstration of the king of glory. And he's going to do it because we're going to ask him to. But first, we've got to make sure that our prayers get through. In James chapter 4 verse 3 it says ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore whosoever shall be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. In other words, the reason many people ask in prayer but do not receive what they're asking is because they're asking selfishly with the wrong motives. They're asking for selfish things that are not in agreement with God's will or for his glory. For example, we cannot come to God and ask him for a big house or for an expensive purse or for power or things that we want to consume upon our own lust. Any person or spirit that tells you that that is okay is working through an antichrist spirit. Do not believe it. You need to rebuke it. Cast it away. Get on your face and pray and seek him for his will and pray things selflessly according to his glory. Now, let me explain this. It is okay to pray for these things for others and it's okay to pray for them for the purpose of ministry, for example, if you might see a family down the street that is in need and you may pray a prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, I really want to be able to help them financially, but I just don't have it. Could you please help me? That would be a selfless need. The Lord will answer that prayer. But if you don't truly need and you're just praying for a bigger house or for material things, God is not going to give you that because these things will lead you away from him. And in fact, to even want them means that 
nature cornally minded, which makes you the enemy of God. Why would he pour on you the thing that he says in his word will make it harder for you to get into the kingdom of heaven than if you did not have it? God loves to bless, but he blesses those who desire it the least because that he knows that if you really love it, it will lead you into iniquity and enmity with him. The love of money is the root of all evil. And if you love it, he's not going to give you that thing that's going to destroy you. So many ask, but do not receive because they ask with the wrong motive, wanting it for themselves to consume it upon their own lust and desires. First John chapter five, verse 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And so in this, we see that we have to pray in accordance with his will. We can't pray our will into existence if it is in opposition to his will. So we need to first seek him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him because if we seek him, he will reveal his will for us. And here's the greatest thing. His will for us is far grander than our will for ourselves. It's so much better than anything we could even hope or imagine. The Bible says it has not even entered into the hearts of man, the things that he has in store for those who believe and love him. And are called according to his purpose. He has grand things for you. But we've got to lay down our will first. And start seeking him for his. So we can start praying in accordance with it. And then James chapter 1 verse 5 says. If any man lack wisdom. Let him ask God. That giveth to all men liberally. And upbridleth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Not wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with winds and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So in this we see that we have to ask in faith and we have to maintain that faith. Because remember the Israelites, they had faith to leave Egypt. They had faith to be delivered from Pharaoh, but they did not maintain that faith through the wilderness so they did not enter in to the promise. So having laid this groundwork out, we come to terms today with the things that prevent us from being heard and, and having powerful earth-shaking, life-changing, chain-breaking, gate-opening prayers. They're keeping us out of the throne room. And one of the greatest ways that the enemy does this is through offense. So we also have to come to God with a heart of forgiveness. But when we do this, we are given a great promise. And this promise is poured out over and over and over through scripture. That if we will turn from our sins, walk in repentance, have faith in his grace to keep us from it. If we will forgive others and lay down our offense, if we will not walk in selfishness, but if we will be God seekers, God pleasers, and pray in accordance with his will, maintaining faith that it is his will, therefore we can have confidence that he will fulfill it, then we can ask anything in alignment and agreement with that and he will answer it. 
Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man there of you whom if his son shall ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? All good and perfect gifts come from above, and it is God's will and desire to give them to you, but you have to first ask him. For them, So we saw the prerequisite, the conditions that must be met. And if we meet those conditions, and they are really quite simple conditions, they're all conditions of faith and grace. When we truly meet them, then we can ask of him. And he wants to pour out these good things on his children. He wants to give you gifts. He wants to pour on you his spirit. He wants to pull you into the kingdom. He wants... To use you in the greater things. In Luke chapter 8, we are given a parable by Jesus, by Jesus himself, about the persistent widow and how she continually came and petitioned the judge. And because of her persistence, he gave her what she asked for. And Jesus said, If this judge, being wicked, answered her petition because of persistence, how much more will our good father who already wants to pour good gifts on us answer when we come to him with prayer? And I want you to understand this today. I want you to get this in your spirit that as long as we are in right standing with God, we can come before him and ask him for things and it's not begging but if it's in accordance with his will he is desiring for us to do this and I'm not talking about material things here I'm talking about things that benefit the kingdom of God we can come to him daily and ask for bold and mighty things I think the problem is is that we have more faith for material things because they're so little we have people praying for him to give them a bigger house but they don't have faith to pray for him to give them a million souls for the kingdom when in actuality he is far more likely to answer the grander prayer than the lesser because the grander is a selfless prayer and it's in accordance with his will and it's for his glory and for the benefit of others whereas the first was to consume upon our own lust but yet for some reason the enemy has convinced us that it's okay to pray for these petty personal selfish things but the greater prayers that can bring change into lives and the kingdom of God into the land of our inheritance that can change atmospheres and environments that can turn the course of nations and bring revival to whole generations these are prayers that are selfless and that he wants to answer he's just waiting for a people with faith enough to get into right standing and ask. So today, I want to build your faith that if you will pray with persistence according to God's will, it will come to pass in due time. I have seen this over and over again in my life. For example, the Bible says that it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
Therefore, when we pray for a lost soul, a loved one, a friend, a family member, or even a stranger, whatever the case may be, when we pray for that person's salvation, we can be assured that we are praying in accordance with his will. And if you are persistent, if you continue in intercession, that person will be brought into the kingdom. Keep believing. Keep persevering. I've seen it come through time and time again. I'm telling you, we've got to start asking to release the power of the kingdom. It's been my prayer daily for probably 20 years now that God would move in such a way that he would prove himself undeniably to this generation and also that he would allow for one more wave of truth to go forth through the nations of the earth before the return of the Lord before judgment falls because the Antichrist is coming and so many will be deceived by him because that they're already being deceived and following the leading of the Antichrist spirit and it's because they do not know the word they do not know the truth they are so confused and it burdens my heart. I just don't want to see people led by deceit and falling into deception. If they reject God, then let them reject him out of pure rebellion, but not out of deception. And so my prayer has been daily for decades. Lord, please bring one more wave of truth that they would know you, that they would know the truth and that they would have a demonstration and let them choose, let them make their choice, let them receive or reject, but let it be from a place of understanding. And I will see him answer it. I have all confidence. I am fully persuaded. John chapter 14 verse 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And in this do we see some very important keys. First of all, if we truly love him, we will keep his commandments that will keep us in right standing so that he can answer the prayers because it's all about endorsing him. Jesus said that we must ask these things in his name that God might be glorified because you see the whole reason that the Gentiles were grafted in was that they might provoke Israel to jealousy that they might return to their king and so that because we have been grafted in we are then to work to graft his people back in and so the whole reason that these miracles are poured out is so that they can bring validation to the name of Jesus, that he truly is the King of Kings, that he is the Son of the living God, that he is salvation. So it's very key that when we ask these prayers, it's good to do it publicly and in the name of Jesus, because we need the testimony to make it back to the lost and to those who have rejected him, that the power of the kingdom is being manifested through the name of Jesus. First John chapter 3 verse 21 it says, "Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God." 
this goes back to what was said in the previous passage about if we love him, we will keep his commandments because if we keep his commandments, then we will not have that guilt. We will not have that condemnation because the Bible says there now is no more condemnation to those who are in Christ. When we are in him, when we abide, his Bible says, if his word is in us and we are in the word, if we abide in him, if we have faith that he can save us from our sin it says our heart will not condemn us and then we will have confidence towards God and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we kept his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight and in this we see why the scripture says that the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much because if we are righteous if we are doing what he has commanded that's what it means to be righteous literally it means to be in right standing in other words doing what jesus said is right when we do what jesus said when we keep his commandments in other words we just obey his words his teachings his leading we are led by his spirit we seek him every day with the intent to hear his voice and we follow it the sheep know his voice and another they will not follow. When we do that, we are in right standing and therefore we can come to him with all confidence, knowing that whatever we ask of him, he shall do it. So my friend, repent, get in right standing with him and start laying your petitions out. Do it daily. Come to that place of prayer and you will see him change things. Mark chapter 11 verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, then neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses so in this we see that we can stand before the throne of God boldly with all confidence and ask him for the petitions the desires of our heart as long as they are not selfish or in opposition to his will or if we do not harbor offense and unforgiveness because this is a sin that will keep us from entering in so this is one of the first things that we must repent of. Now, Matthew 18, verse 18 says something very interesting also, because it says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There is great power in our prayer and proclamation, because what we do in the physical affects the spiritual. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, again, about his name, there I am in the midst of them. So where two or three are gathered together in his name, 
He is there. There is power in agreement. So today we are going to all come together in one mind and one accord after a prayer of repentance. And we are going to make some petitions before the throne of God for bold and mighty things. We're going to ask him for salvations and for the nations. John chapter 16 verse 24 says that until now ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. So today as we pray, we're going to have great joy in faith because that we have not asked together corporately for the things that we're going to ask for. But today we will and everything will change. Because if you want open heavens, you got to ask for it. You know why? Because he gave us dominion over the earth. And also because God will not impose his will upon us. We know this because of the scriptures that say that, that it's his will that all would be saved. But we know that all are not saved because of the scriptures that say that narrow is the way and few are they that find it. And then Jesus says that the reason that there were only a few that found the way is because all of the rest did their own will. Only those who did the Father's will actually made it into the kingdom. So we understand that if it's his will for everyone to be saved, yet few are, then it's because most people do not walk in accordance with his will. And that means that he will not impose his will on us. Yes, he wants us all to be saved, but he will not force us to be. And because he will not impose his will upon us, we have to ask for things. But oh, how ready he is to act upon it when we do. Have faith in him, his loving kindness, and his faithfulness. Repent, believe, seek, ask, and receive. Maybe not always right away because he does a perfect and thorough work and sometimes that takes time to play out. In fact, Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense for reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. We see this played out in how the promise that God had been giving, the outpouring, the Pentecost, it could not come until after the Passover, the crucifixion, the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus had to walk out God's will. It says, after you've walked out his will, then the promise comes, but keep your confidence, be fully persuaded that if it's in accordance with his will and you have prayed for it, it will come if you endure. If you don't quit, you will win of that one thing. I am assured because Galatians 6, 9 says, let not yourself become weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap. If ye faint not, in other words, if you don't quit, if you don't give up, you will receive the reward in due season. What is that due season? What he said in Hebrews, after that you have walked out the will of God, you will receive the promise. So we're going to ask today and he's going to make some promises. But before we do that, we've got to make sure that he can hear us. So we've got to repent. 
And how do we repent? We've got to come to him with asking. We come to him and make a commitment to turn away from our sin. Ask him to forgive us for it and to empower us to walk free of it. It all comes back to asking him. And then we've got to forgive others. How do we do that? We've got to ask him for the grace to help us to forgive others of their sins and trespasses against us. And then we've got to pray in accordance with his will. How do we do that? We've got to ask him to reveal his will to us. And then we've got to pray selfless prayers. And how do we do that? We've got to ask him to produce the peaceable fruits of righteousness, his very character in us. The power of the kingdom is released through asking, humbling Do you understand that the scriptures say that he pours more grace upon the humble because asking is humbling. It's acknowledging that we need him, that we can't do it, that we have faith that he can, but that we need his grace to do it. So today, Lord, we humble ourselves to you and we repent of our sins. If there be anything in our life that we know is open sins, we need to confess that to him now. Say, God, I lay it down and I'm asking you for the grace to overcome this. I'm coming to you and I'm going to come to you daily and I'm going to ask you daily. Help me, Lord. Help me to turn away from these things. I need your strength. I need your grace. I'm ready to walk away from all of these sins. I believe Jesus in your name that you have come to save me from these sins and that there is nothing impossible for you. I believe that you are able, that you are God and that there is nothing you cannot do. You made me, you can make me new. God, I believe in you and I'm asking for your grace to make me new again, to make me born again, a new creature in you free from the temptations of these old sins. Let the life that I had die tonight and let me be raised in newness of life. I'm asking you for it. And now we've got to forgive others. And so we come to him and we say, God, if there be anyone that I've had offense against, anyone who's hurt me, and if you have a person in mind, you need to speak that to him. Acknowledge it as sin, that you've been offended with them. And now we've got to ask him, Father, take it from us. Father, help us to overcome this. God, help us to forgive them. We don't even know how, but we acknowledge that it was sin to hold offense. It doesn't matter what they did. You can't forgive us until we forgive them. And we love you enough to be willing to lay down that grudge. That grudge is not of more value than eternity with you. We give that to you. We lay it on the altar today and we ask you to take it away. And we want to pray in accordance with your will. So we're coming to you and asking you for instruction. We're asking you to lead our spirit and our prayer and our tongue. Holy Spirit, come and take the rudder of our mouth. We cast all unbelief out. We come to you in complete faith that there is nothing that you can't take away. And there's nothing that you can't speak to our heart. You can tell us, God what it is that you want us to say and pray and do, and you can do it every day. We trust in you and we're asking you to do these things. We believe you, we love you, and we want to serve you as our King.
And we don't want to pray those selfish prayers that will cause our prayers to not be heard. God, we want to pray selfless, humble prayers, prayers of intercession, prayers for the lost, prayers for the nations, prayers for others, prayers for your glory. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus so that Jesus gets glory and recognition as the only way of redemption and the son of the living God, the king of all the earth, the only name by which man can be saved, the only way to heaven that he might save his people from their sin because they might see what he has done in us and through us because we asked him and we became a witness that he answered it, that he stepped in and did these things. We ask it all in the name of Jesus that the father might be glorified when the son is deified. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. And now that we have done these things, we come boldly before that throne of grace, having thrown all unbelief away. We abandon sin and we rush in to the very throne room of God. We come before you and we lay our petitions out in one mind and one accord. We all come together and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we ask for these greater things of the kingdom, as we ask for that glass ceiling to be destroyed, that barrier between the kingdom of God and the land of our inheritance, God, that you would pour out this power that your children would not be dependent upon a man, Lord, but that they would know that each and every one of them have access to your throne to ask you for these things and to see them come to fruition because that we have believed in what your word says and in the power of your redemption. So today we are asking in faith and in unity for God to be made undeniably real to the people again. However you see fit, God, you have greater wisdom. We're not going to instruct you on how to do it. We're just going to lay this petition before you that you would move to prove who you are to this present generation and that you would send forth a wave of truth that would destroy every lie of the enemy. And every confusion and counterfeit spirit that claims your name and mocks you, but that you alone would get praise, that they would see the truth. God, relay the foundations of biblical truth from creation to revelation. Let them come to know the true you. We're asking in the name of Jesus. God, we are asking for salvations. We are asking for souls. In fact, God, we are asking in one mind and one accord in absolute belief that you are able and we know that it's your desire, Lord. So we are asking for 10 million souls to be brought into the kingdom in the next two years. In fact, we are going to ask for 200 million over the next 10 years to be brought into the kingdom as a result of this petition. We are asking for deliverance. We are asking for healings. We are asking for miracles, signs, and wonders to be demonstrated in our lifetime 
God, we are asking for revival of the nation and of a generation that will spread to the nations, all the nations of the world in the name of Jesus. God, we are asking for the fire of the Holy Spirit to be poured out across the globe like it hasn't been seen before. We are asking for whole nations to turn to God and for Christian prisoners to be set free in those nations and elevated from the pit to national pulpits in the name of Jesus Christ, who is able to save his people from their sins and their situations, to bring redemption, to bring power, to bring life-changing grace in the darkest hour. Man's darkest hour is going to be his hour of power. So we thank you, God, that the light shines brightest in the darkest nights. God, we pray for your fire to ignite in those dark places because where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. We are standing in agreement, Lord, for those Christians that are persecuted all over the earth, that you would rise up inside of them with miracle working power, that their jailers would be saved, that their persecutors would repent, that the dictatorships would fall down before you in reverence, in the name of Jesus Christ, all for your glory, not for a man. You've done it before God and you will do it again, but you're going to do it in ways that have never been seen before. We believe it. We profess it. And it's all for the glory of our risen Lord. Let it be done in the name of Jesus. We are asking today for a people of steadfast, selfless faith to arise that will not compromise or counterfeit or seek the applause of men whose hearts are set on reverence and humble obedience to their God, Savior, and King. We are asking for God to release the anointing like never before. We are asking for the last great outpouring before the return of the Lord for revival. We are asking for the reviver himself. God, we are asking for you to step down from your holy habitation and walk among us with a holy visitation that cannot be denied for the scope of the miraculous manifestations that exist in your presence. In the name of Jesus, God, we are here in one mind and one accord asking you for all of this. And I, for one, am fully persuaded that you will deliver it. For it is your will to do so. You've just been waiting for someone with the faith to publicly say it so that you can get the glory for it when you demonstrate it. So we thank you for it today in faith, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's children in one mind and one accord in total agreement said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.